Um, I watched You. Have you seen it on Netflix? I haven't even heard of it. Oh, it's a show. I think it was on Freeform first. It, it stars one of the guys from like, um, uh, what's it, the high school show that was on CW. Oh, Riverdale? No, uh, no, that was a hit. Uh, that's more genre. The But the, the it's like the Gossip, Gossip Girl. Oh, man. I was not. I yeah. I was like that much too old. Yeah, you know me what I mean? too. Me too. I was like, what are the kids watching? Uh, <laughs> please. Yeah. I'm 24 now. Yeah. Like, it was but like, it's really good. I'm really interested to see. You should watch it to see what you think. All right. Is it like the letter U or like no Y O U? Yeah. Okay. It's it's kind of romantic. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's the kind of romance I like these days. Like I used to love like a good rom com. Yeah. Like, I yeah. saw when Harry met Sally like 97 yes. times, just like in one month right you know like and I feel like I'm just like I don't know if I've seen too many I'm jaded or all of the above but yeah I'm just like yeah 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 you're gonna use, oh, it's the meat cute you know like I I just I'm not yeah I I just I want to see bridesmaids like if I want to oh, call yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't really like I'm like yeah 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 whatever so Although, like I've been down like a like really weird like road recently i rewatch uh, um horrible bosses which i think is is it hilarious good? the first one is the second one is, is all right you know, we the first started, one is so funny we started watching it i don't remember what happened but i think we, it's hilarious i think we i think we so here's the thing sometimes sal and i would start something in the years where our children would not sleep gotcha. and sometimes like a weird show would work. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Sometimes it was like I just can't watch you right now. I could see I why new parents wouldn't be able yeah, to get their horrible I'm like, bosses. Yeah, like none of this is funny. But yeah. I, I think we were wrong. Like I think it's. I it's think we should pretty, try again. It's weird because Kevin Spacey's in and he plays like a nasty character. But now oh, we're like, oh, maybe that was just him. He was. He wasn't <laughs> even supposed to be on set that day. Yeah. Oh my god! But like Charlie Day and Colin Farrell is so hilarious. All right, um, I'll give another go. I watched that, and then Miss Congeniality. <gasps> I loved. Which Miss I love. Congeniality. It kind of makes me tear up a Does little. It? Like no, Lavetta. I don't know something about the little girl in the beginning because you forget that part. They oh. show her when she's little and she protects this boy. I, I don't want to spoil it for you, but I kind of tear up in the end. Like I don't know. It like, was. I remember watching it, and I remember thinking, like, this is much better than I expected it to yes, be like yes. not like not nothing negative about the movie I just thought I, I didn't think I was their demographic right right but I was like oh I I kind of am their demographic yeah like that this is like interesting it makes you think it's funny it's like legally blonde like you think on the yeah, surface exactly like, legally what? blonde's like ah, like she's an airhead but it's it's very subversive I love that movie I I do too yeah. I, lo- I could watch that movie a hundred thousand yeah. times I love Reese Witherspoon anyway so I'm a big fan of hers like again you got to see that movie I think I've mentioned on here before Freeway is one of her earlier movies is produced did. by Oliver Stone yeah she is a revelation okay, in this I'll, movie. I'll she is to... so good. She is so good. One evening around 8.47 it's p.m., crazy. text me. Okay. And that's when I will retain that. Because I basically, around 8.47 p.m. Uh-huh. is when I'm like, okay, my brain needs to stop working. What should I it's a feed crazy it movie. with? And I'll feed it with usually a baking show. But... It's a... It's it's dark, but it's twisted, but it's funny. And I don't think they meant it to be funny, but <laughs> it's, it's one of those performances. Like, it's kind of yeah. sick and twisted and, like... 
I won't watch it. But like she is so good in it. I remember watching it and I was like, oh my God, I love this girl. And then later on I was watching like Pleasantville, which I also enjoyed. Oh yeah, I never saw it, but I remember I remember when it came out. Yeah, I, I really like that movie. And I remember watching it and I was like, why does that young girl look familiar? And I was like, oh my God, that's a girl from Freeway. She I, is amazing. I saw her first movie, which I can't remember the name of it. Where she was like in the South, she was like 15, 14 or 15. Oh. I went to the theater to see it. And I remember being like, I want to be her. But that never panned out. Um, that must be around the but, time. Because I think in Freeway, she's like 17 or something. Yeah, that might have been like. Yeah. Because this was this was before that. This was the first movie. She, and she was she's brilliant. She's yeah. just naturally good at. Cause and it I, was a tough role. Yes. It was not yes. an easy thing to ask like a young teenager to do yeah she's um yeah reese with this was amazing so but did you did you watch the fire uh documentary no i've heard i've heard there's two there's, there's one on hulu two. and there's one on netflix mm-hmm. no and i saw them both what do you think i think he's a crazy person i mean he swindled rich people out of but money he like, did it while he was on bail oh like <laughs> I he's a total asshole. So you don't give a fuck. But he is also a crazy person. Wow. Yeah. Who everyone like it's sort of like it's kind of it's very ominous and kind of creepy in the way that like in this modern day and age it's easy to get away with it. Oh yeah, it's easy to swindle people. Because everyone yeah. has an Instagram account and mm-hmm. and everyone can have a Twitter account and and everyone follows these people have billions of followers okay i'm gonna watch it watch it which one do you recommend okay so sal and i discussed this i i think the hulu one is better it's better made i enjoyed the experience of watching it more okay but i also think you should watch the netflix one and watch that one first but from what i hear the marketing company who marketed the experience that every rich person should go to made the Netflix documentary. That's what I heard, yeah. So I would say watch that first, see what they're trying to do, and then see like the documentary the one. where they're uh, like, it seems like a little more yeah. honest. Because I remember, well, I didn't know that when I watched the Netflix one, and I, I was like... Something's the, off. At the end, one of the, one of the guys goes like, and where does... Where where am I culpable? And we were both like everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a mirror. Go look in it. See if you can see the that person you're looking. Right, That's right, right. Culpable. You know, and then it shows like a little snippet of like his like posts. Like I'm just this is my view from work. He's like I did write those posts the day before. I was like right. So you could have yeah at the very least not done that yeah at the yeah, very yeah. least shut your trap. You know, I'm like, but also, I, you know, it, it makes you, you know, question like you, everyone has jobs and everyone has to yeah. make choices. Yeah. And I mean, we are all in situation. I've been in situations before, not. Not like, in like that, but like uh, someone will want to do something that I think is unsafe. Yeah. That yeah, it's yeah. doable, but I, you know, and, and then I have to like, and I, you know, I tend to make the judgment of like, no. And I risk losing that person as a client. Yeah. And you, and you make reservations. You, you um, have reservations about certain things that are about to happen, but sometimes you don't feel like you, you can make. Right. Like that maybe opinion. I'm told like I have, you know, and then you, ha- you, you make choice. Yeah. And you got to, but some choice like, man. 
I feel like I'm gonna watch them. Now, how long are they? They're like an hour and a half. So okay, okay. So yeah, you you can do it. Yeah, I'll do it, and we can talk about it on another show. Yeah, yeah. Should we get started? Let's get started. So I think I'm first this week. Okay. Um, I have hold on my stuff out. I have a two parter. Ooh, a two parter. So. Uh, this past week, we celebrated the, uh, we observed the uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s mm-hmm. uh, national holiday, uh, which would not have occurred had it not been for Coretta Scott King. <gasps> yes! <laughs> so this week, my notorious woman is Coretta Scott King. I was so hoping you'd say that. Yes, I love her. I've been meaning to do her for a while. When I was a kid, they had these books uh, that I used to read over and over and over again in my when I was like I think I was in like the fourth or the fifth grade I'd okay. go to the library after school because I was yeah I was a nerd then and um, you're a nerd now I know Look and I would read you. these books over and over again mm-hmm. and Coretta Scott King was one of them oh. um Annie Sullivan and Helen Keller I know what books you're talking yeah, about yeah they were like for kids yeah but yeah. you can like read the, the biography yeah. of Harriet Tubman was re- another one yeah. yeah and I was fascinated like by them so I've been wanting to do her for a while but as you can imagine there's a lot on her I was that yeah yeah I was like almost finished with like her stuff and then I was like oh no she Ms. uh, Coretta Scott King Mrs. Coretta Scott King deserves a two-parter so she does she really does so uh, Coretta Scott was born in Marion Alabama to Obadiah Scott and Bernice McMurray Scott that those are amazing names Obadiah obviously they were going to have an amazing child (laughs) like that was fate those are such southern names obadiah and bernice obadiah yeah you don't hear that no obadiah, obadiah do you take this here bernice yeah. to be your lawful i yeah. mean his voice must have been gravelly obadiah. And yeah. very serious uh now her father was known as obi uh he oh, uh obi was one of the first black people in their town to own his own vehicle oh so, yeah. Now, before starting his own businesses, uh, now this is like some context and I've always wanted to get into this. But before starting his own businesses, he worked as a policeman along with his wife. He ran a clothing shop far from their home um, and later operated a general store. OK. He also owned at one time a lumber mill, which was burned down along with their home Ooh. by white neighbors after he refused to lend his mill to a white male logger. That this is what often happened, especially in the South, because people yeah. are always like, "Why can't Black people build wealth?" And da 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 da. They will build it, and then they just they burn it down. Burned it down. Yeah. So anyone who thinks that Black people should have just pulled up their cute little bootstraps, oh the bootstraps were burned down. What would you do? Yeah. Okay. And actually, Martin Luther King Jr. himself said it even better. And I actually posted it earlier this week on my Instagram in observance of his uh, holiday. And he talked about that very same thing. You know, what the bootstraps. He's like, you know, it, just go go to my Instagram, Levetta Cannon, and listen to it. It's like a three-parter. And it was it was posted by, I think, CBS News. So I didn't they, see this. They How pulled it from their archives. Up on my feed? It's really interesting because the guy you. asked him that, and he was like, why can't Blacks? And he breaks it down. I was like, oh. Here's, here's what I will say. We all just observed his birthday, yes. okay? All the schools and all the world yep. were like, yep. even Arizona, they took it back. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Okay. Um, we still use it as an excuse today. He said it, okay? Yeah. We just celebrated him, okay? Yeah. Why are we still, how is it not so obvious? 
I never understood that. I mean, you don't want to get it, but he breaks it down and like, I think altogether it's about four minutes. Okay. I mean, he breaks it down. Got, so go to I my got, Instagram. I got four minutes. Yeah. I was just like, oh shit. I was like, oh shoot. Well, then oh, I could just like pull out your Instagram anytime I'm getting into an argument with people, which happens. And yeah. I'll just like play it. And just then play it. I don't have to say anything. Yeah. And I'd be like, Martin said it better. Yeah. He, yeah. He, so. he, he said it so much better than you or I could say it. So, <laughs> um, but so Coretta's father was you know you would think he'd be well off he was you know he's pulled yeah. himself up by his bootstraps and da 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 all this other stuff and like but yeah his his mill and his home was burned That's down awful. now the scott family had owned a farm since the civil war oh really and were better off than most black families but were not particularly wealthy during the great depression the scott children even had to uh, pick cotton to help earn money yeah. and shared a bedroom with their parents but again, they're still better off than most black people, right? Yeah. The fact that they have their own land. They have their own land. They yeah. have a, you know, they have work to. Yeah. But a lot of times they mm. would plant sharecropping. You either rent a person's land uh, for a part, usually uh, an unfair percentage of the yield from the crop. So let's say you were renting the land for $20 a month, right? And on top of the $20 a month, you also have to give 60% of what you of what, Yeah. Pitch. Or a lot of times it was yeah. like 70%. It was like crazy. Yeah. So it was basically like. Yeah. It's like working labor. labor. It's like a little bit better Free-ish. than slavery. But you could go, you know, ideally where you please. So it was a lot better than bondage. But still, Let's it was just hard. Be clear. Slavery is the worst. <laughs> Stop pretending it was okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Coretta's maternal grandfather, Martin, so her mother's dad, was the product of a black woman who was a slave and a white master who never acknowledged uh, Martin, her grandfather, as his son. Well, now, this is something I wanted to get into. Cause white we talked people about white, you know. <laughs> well, we talked about this briefly with um, Ona Judge yeah. uh, and also with Sally Hemings and her children. Now, Sally Hemings, as black slave women went, had the best, one of the uh, better positions. Um, yeah. Because not only was she protected, presumably under the protection of a powerful white man like Thomas Jefferson, but her children, he actually did educate their children, yes. their offspring, and also gave them certain skills. So they were able to learn a skill under a master or something and then they would loan them out and they often did this for their favorite slaves they would loan out their labor and then make money off of on top of their free labor slavery is so profitable yeah um so a lot of lighter skinned people who probably perhaps were the offspring of the white master even if he didn't acknowledge them or educate them a lot of times they would show favoritism in this way right and that's where the schism of of uh house slave and field slave also was further entrenched in this sort of historical context. Right. Yeah. So even though he never acknowledged him and never taught him how to read, he may have shown favoritism by allowing him to learn a skill. Right. So after the end of, uh, at the end of the civil war, when uh, slavery was abolished, a lot of people with these skills were in a better position to then make a better life for themselves. So if you had a skill, like if you were a blacksmith, if you were uh, a a tailor, uh, a seamstress, whatever, you had skills that allowed you to start a business. Right, right. To you gave know, you, it's like learn, it's teaching them how to fish. Basically. Yeah, or right, exactly. Yeah. Or if you learned how to read to a fourth grade level, 
then you could uh, run basic, you yeah, know, calculations you could, you could for your store. Yeah, you could accounting situation. Yeah. You could run, yeah. Exactly. Store so account. this is where the schism a lot of times, that's why sometimes you see even in the black community, like lighter skinned people, you think, oh, maybe they have access to wealth. That's not always the case, but it's kind of associated with uh, maybe a higher class unconsciously in people's minds. Yeah, probably. But I think this is where it comes from. That's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. So I'll, I'll buy it. Um, I mean, that's really interesting. I, I obviously don't know much about yeah. that, but it's interesting. Yeah, and it's just like, like with Creole people who, not always light-skinned, but sometimes they were light-skinned. Creole people come from free people of color. Oh, really? So, yes. Yeah. So Creole people, my, my Creole sister had to break this down for okay. me. I did not understand it. And so and, and basically, Thank you. Um, in in Haiti, yes, Creole people in the United States, where they, they are um, after the the Haitian Revolution, Haitians are like, fuck you, France. Get out. Bye. The lighter skin. I know mm. the lighter skin Haitians who were byproducts of the French masters yeah. a lot of times had better uh, access to privilege and things like this that, that the darker skin Haitians did not. So during the revolutions, the, the French are like, well, you can't come to France because you're not white. So a <laughs> lot of them went to and settled in the New Orleans area. Right. But they were free people of color. They were not uh, traditional African-Americans who came from a slave trade, but they were descendants of slaves who had been brought to Haiti. Well, that's where the, the term African-American gets fuzzy yeah i mean all it means that's, is just it's yeah. just black people of african descent so yeah. it's people want to even black people get into this i'm like that's all it means black people of african descent so stop it but usually anyway <laughs> i'm not going to get into that that's well, getting that into the weeds <laughs> um because people get caught up on that it's like that's yeah. all that means it's just yeah it's just like saying uh anglo indian anglo indians actually were white people who were born in india during the oh. occupation Oh, uh, yeah. I've not heard. Yeah. Whoa. I'm, I'm an Anglophile. So, yeah, I've heard that term a lot. It's Anglo-Indian. So that's all it is. They're white people who were born in India during occupation of India by the British. That That's all yeah. that is, right? As opposed to a very white person being like, I'm Indian. Right, right. And you're exactly. like, oh. Um, you're like, mm, not so much. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming an Indian person born in England, a, per, a person of Indian descent born in England is probably in... Indian Anglo or Anglo wow. something like that. I'm not really sure. I I'm not from England. I think we're going to get it so complicated in this world yeah. that we're just going to be like a little person. But that's. And then you could like pull out your 23 and me. I know, and right? <laughs> just be like, here's what I am. Oh, it's so interesting you say that because it's all based on appearance, right? Right. So Coretta, because we all know Coretta Scott King was a lighter skinned black woman. And so I just wanted to put all of that in context. And as it were, her family were better off than most black people in the neighborhood, even though they were not wealthy. Right. So, um, so, so that was her grandfather, her maternal grandfather. Now, despite her maternal grandfather, you know, never being acknowledged by his white father, he eventually owned a 280 acre farm. So wow. that's how the family got a farm. Okay, right. Yeah. Um, and because of his mixed race heritage, her great, her maternal grandfather actually looked white. Oh, really? Yeah. So his mother, even though she was a black woman, she may have been like Sally Hemings, also mixed race on top of it. So, yeah. So he looked white, but her this is why I know he was gangster. Her great her maternal grandfather's like, fuck that. I'm not passing for white because if you look white, really? he could have passed for yeah, white. Yeah, he could have. Yeah. So um, what's that musical that's all about that? Uh, oh you know is there a musical about that old man river that 
The one that that song is in. Oh, uh, we need to have our uh, musical uh, Broadway musical yeah, cards on? revoked. Then, I cannot think of it. And, and, and like, life upon a wicked stage ain't nothing but That's a not girl. Helping, girl. So, It'll come to us. So, um, but so her gra- her maternal grandfather's like, fuck that. I'm not passing for white. I'm a black man. Power to the people. Get it. So, uh, <laughs> he also <laughs> taught himself to read with a little formal ed- education. Oh, wow. And a lot of people have noted that his his passion for education also inspired Coretta's passion for education and perhaps her parents. Amazing. So at age 10, Coretta went to work to help with the family's finances. The third child of four, she had an older sister, Edith Scott, another older sister, Eunice, who did not survive childhood, unfortunately, Uh. and a younger brother, Obadiah. Okay. Obadiah Leonard. Now, growing up, Coretta described herself as a tomboy during her childhood, primarily because she could climb trees and often wrestled with boys. Oh. This is my childhood. That's how that it was. That is you. I love climbing trees, <laughs> riding my dirt bike, and beating up boys. That was my favorite pastime when I was like five. Cute little lady. Um, in addition, she recalled having been stronger than a male cousin and and threatening said cousin before accidentally, quote unquote, cutting him with an axe. Oops. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Reminds me of Fulan Devi. Remember Fulan stood up to her cousin. She was like, you a little punk ass bitch. She was like a kid. Yeah. She she was like six. You a punk (laughs) ass bitch. He was like, stop saying that. I love these women. I love it. I cannot imagine. I know. Um, Now his mother threatened her and along with the words of her siblings, they, cause they were like, you need to be more ladylike. That's what yeah. I was told to. Yeah. I was totally a tomboy. They're like, you're a young girl. You need to act like a young lady. And you're like, ride my ah. dirt bike over you. I right, screw you. But <laughs> she saw the irony in the fact that despite these early physical activities, she still was involved in a nonviolent movement. Yeah. So it's interesting. Her brother Obadiah once said that she was, she was quote, always a trying to excel at everything she did, end quote. Her sister Edith believed that her personality was that of her grandmother, Cora, McLaughlin Scott, after whom she was named. Oh. So, though lacking former education themselves, Coretta's parents intended for all of their children to be educated. You know, they got that yeah. from their parents. Coretta quoted her mother as having said, quote, my children are going to college, even if it means I only have but one dress to put on, end quote. Now, keep now, this is like late 30s, early 40s. And these black people are like, my kids are going to college. That's amazing. College. Nine, high school is a given. College, yes. right? Uh, so because of that, the Scott children attended a one room elementary school about five miles from their home and were later bused to Lincoln Normal School, which, despite being nine miles from their home, was the closest black high school in Marion, Alabama. And due to racial segregation in schools, yeah. was the only one that they could attend. So, again, they're like, why don't black people help themselves? Yeah. What, what if what if they didn't have parents who were so aggressive about right. educating their children? Yeah. So those kids who were did not have parents who said, no, you're you're 12. Go to work. Yeah. You go, right? go to the fields and like, yeah, you need to help yeah. out with the house. And then something happens and you're like, well, why didn't they educate themselves? They literally had no possibility. Yeah. They couldn't even say, well, I'm, I'm just going to go to school till 1 p.m. Because yeah. I'm going to walk there and then I'll plow yeah. fields for however long you yeah. need. They did not have that yeah. option. And that is that is something that is lost, I think. People can't, I think people can't fathom. I that. think practically people don't understand what it's like. Because back then you couldn't just get on uh, public transportation and yeah, go like nine like, miles. Get on the 
get on yeah. the bus yourself. Yeah. Like that was not, not a little a child. Thing. And if you did as a black person, you're like, oh, this is going to be some bullshit. You're going to risk your life. Yeah. So, um, but her parents are like, nope, my kids are going to be educated. So the bus was driven by Coretta's mother. Yes, mama. I love her. Who bus all the local black teenagers. Get on the bus. So that's right. (laughs) They get on the bus like the Spike Lee movie. Mm -hmm. In addition, the school initially charged a hefty sum to attend. See, we take. What? Yep. What? But by the time Coretta entered the school, Lincoln had suspended tuition and charged only $4.50 per year. That's not public education. I know. Okay. Ambitious and popular, Coretta excelled at the school. And in her last two years there, she'd become the leading soprano for the school's senior chorus and was regularly directing a choir at her home church in North Perry County. In high school, she also played the trumpet and piano sang in the chorus, and participated in school musicals. She's very talented. Yeah, very talented. Uh, I was reminded of Ethel Rosenberg, which I was listening to that episode, and I just was like, if Ethel had just gotten like one like big acting yeah. job. No, I know. She would have been like, Julius. I thought about that too. She was like, that. she was so close to just like. I know. Yeah, but because they were poor, yeah. you get married, a woman gets married. What is she going to do? Become a secretary? She's like, no, I want to be a star, darling. And right. But then she fell in love, and it's like, you got to take care of these babies. And Julius goes to school, you know. He's a he's a uh, engineer, so, like, we're – but they still struggle financially. So, uh, But it reminded me of that. I was like, these women yeah. have so much in common. And so, so much possibility yeah. to do their own thing. Yeah. But um, women, but – But I th- she. You know, but they also were restricted in a lot of ways in society because, you know, only through the magic of like becoming a star on Broadway, people are like, oh, you can make money at this. Like, right. You know, but it took magic. It took magic. It took the percentage, the the chance yeah. was so tiny because yeah. you really had to be that level of star before you could be like, I control yeah. my destiny. And you have to be lucky and you have to be, I mean, even the great Mae West, who hopefully will do one day. She's one of my favorites. I love her. Um, She, uh, grew up in like a musical family, like a, like yeah, a, a performing did. family. They were a vaudeville family. Yeah. So, you know, but yeah, but so Coretta and was she still struggled and she still struggled. Yeah. And then, you know, and then she started writing. So, yep. uh, but Coretta was, you know, so she, here's this girl. She's beautiful. She's smart, young black girl, uh, young white girl. If she were white, she still would be directed to go to college and mm-hmm. find a husband, yeah. right? But she's a black woman. So now, also during her last two years in high school, Coretta's older sister, Edith, attended Antioch as part of the Antioch Program for Interracial Education, which recruited non-white students and gave them full scholarships in an attempt to diversify the historically white campus. Good job. So they were trying. Antioch, good They were trying, job. even back in the early 40s. Okay. So when she graduated as valedictorian, Coretta, in 1945, when World War II ended, yeah. she too enrolled at Antioch College. She once said of her first, uh, her first college, and quote, Antioch had envisioned itself as a laboratory in democracy, but had no black students. Edith <laughs> became the first African-American to her older sister to attend Antioch on a completely integrated basis. Don't you and think that's like one of the issues with like the Democratic Party now even like or like the liberal movement mm-hmm. is that it's very it's very white. Well, yeah, that that and always so I, I feel yeah. like it. 
starts there. It starts there, you know? but you have to start somewhere. So you do have to start yeah, somewhere. You have to start somewhere. I just think so it's interesting that we're we're kind of. I feel like we still have that conversation. Oh yeah, we still have that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Edith, she goes on to say, became the first African American to attend Antioch on a completely integrated basis, and was joined by two other Black female students in the fall of 1943. Pioneering is never easy, and all of us who followed my sister at Antioch owe her a great debt of gratitude, oh. end quote. So imagine being the first. Edith was um, amazing. Like, to go there, the pressure with the, the you know, that you feel hostility. I And to be able to excel, which she did by all accounts, yeah. is really remarkable. I think about, I don't, was her name Ruby, the little girl, the six-year-old, who was the first to integrate an elementary school. Do you remember this? Uh, is a- it Ruby Davis? Yes. Yeah. My yeah. kids are close to her age. Mm-hmm. And I, like, see how little so they are. I learned about this story when I was a kid. It was, it was just yeah. like, oh, Lord. And you see the pictures and you see these horrible people screaming at this child. And it's awful. Yeah. But, the, but now, like, I can't even breathe when I think about it. Be- you think about how little she was. Yeah. And these grown ass people yelling at a baby. For, uh, she's a, she is a baby. Because she's trying like, to do what they say you should do. Yeah, she doesn't. Like, go to school and get an education. Yeah. Right? Like, like yeah. I'm told to do this. Yeah. It's and they're yelling amazing. at her. So, um, so you know, her old, so Coretta's older sister, Edith, was the first to integrate Antioch. So, fully integrated. Uh, while at Antioch, she studied music, Coretta did, with Walter Anderson, the first non-white chair of an academic department in a historically white college. She also became politically active due largely to her experience of racial discrimination by the local school board. So this is where, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really understand, like, even when you're like a little girl, you don't really understand sexism. And it's only when you're trying to move your, find your way in the world and move through the world, do you start to see it on a personal level, right? Yeah. So uh, she became active, like I said, uh, in a budding civil rights movement on college campuses and even joined the Antioch chapter of the NAACP, the college's race relations and civil liberties committees. The board now, this is interesting, the board had denied her her request to perform her second year of required practice teaching at Yellow Springs Public School. So I believe that school was integrated. So they denied her. Why? Because it's integrated. She needs to go to a black school. Uh, so she appealed to the Antioch College administration, which was unwilling or unable to change the situation in the local school system and instead employed her at the college's associated laboratory school for a second year. Now, this is how because people are like, oh, how could this go on? Because remember, segregation was legal. Yeah. It's based on the premise that it's supposed to be separate but equal, but we know it was not equal. Also, you can't do separate but equal. That right. is not maybe boys' bathrooms and girls' bathrooms, but even that, even that, because is, boys pee all over the floor and <laughs> and girls leave other stuff around. So that's true. You clean it differently. So mm. maybe you have to clean the girls a little bit more and mop the boys a little bit more. But there yeah. you go, and then I mean, it would be you know yeah, equal. I mean, but other than that, like as a general yeah, rule, yeah, 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 they have to like, have running water, right? Things that like, flush, you know. Yeah. So, um, Soap. <laughs> yeah. now interesting fact around this time, Coretta worked as a babysitter for the Lithgow family, babysitting the later prominent actor, John Lithgow. Oh my God. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Now in 1951, she won a scholarship to the new England conservatory of music in Boston while working toward a degree in voice. So she was like serious about yeah. this. So maybe she's going to become an opera singer. You never know. 
She met Martin Luther King Jr., then a graduate theology student at Boston University. After a mutual friend, Mary Powell gave Martin her number after he asked about girls on campus. So Martin's like, uh, oh Mary, uh, and he, he probably asked for uh, nice colored girls on campus. Okay. Right? So Mary was like, yeah, he has a couple numbers. So I think it said in the research, two of them, he was like, mm, nah, did not really know, for like, me. Did he know who they were? Or were these are just like phone numbers? No, these are phone numbers. And he probably asked his girlfriend, he's like, hey, hook me up. I'm looking for like. So he looked at just a Coretta. Yeah. 917. So he now, so he called Coretta on the phone. Cold and, calling. Yeah. All right. And I mean, this is like, they didn't have Tinder uh, or match.com. <laughs> so black people, especially black people in college have to find each other the best way they can. Especially if you're not going to a historic, if you're not on a historically yeah. black uh, college campus. So. Uh, so Coretta, so when they met in person, they talked on the phone and when they met in person, Coretta said she was surprised by how short he was, <laughs> which I just love Coretta keeping it all the way real. She's like, well, he's a little short for me. I mean, he's smart and he's cute, but he's a little he's short. A little short. So. Um, so, um, now Martin was just like, baby, 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 <laughs> uh, he was like, you have all the qualities. I'm looking for a wife. Martin is like, listen here. Let's woman. just go to the chapel now. I'm going places. I'm looking for a wife. So Coretta's like, uh, I just met you, fool. Like, yeah. But seriously, he was like, you have all the qualities. Like, because she's so pretty and could sing. And like, yeah. she's basically like, like dun, yeah. Dun, dun. yeah. And she's like, slow your role, player. Slow your role. <laughs> um, so she, so he was like, you have all the qualities I find in a woman. And she's like, that I'm, I require in a wife. And she's like, quote, uh, you, I don't see how you can say that. You don't even know me, end quote. Yes. Yes, that's right, Coretta. Uh, but Martin was assured and asked to see her again because he's just like, okay. Yeah, he's like, Wait, that's he, wifey he there. He met her like once. Once, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. He laid it on thick. We all know that guy. He's like, baby, baby, I baby, know, baby. like I know that guy. Yeah, and she's Martin, like, uh, slow take your a minute. Mm, let's see. Um, so she, but they, they agreed to meet again to have another date. Um, and she readily accepted his invitations to a weekend party. Now, before meeting Martin, Coretta had been in, you know, she had been dating a couple other boys, but she wasn't really serious about anybody, according okay. to her sister. Um, and she, well, she really, was, she was a beautiful woman. Yeah, she's so a beautiful she's woman. Sure. So she's just focused on schooling and be, becoming a star right. on the stage. Um, and she, but she continued to see him. They courted okay. uh, on a regular basis in the early months of 1952. Two weeks after meeting Coretta, Martin wrote to his mother that he had met his wife. <laughs> so he was smitten. Oh. According to one of Martin's biographers, Claiborne Carson, Coretta, quote, was more politically active at the time they met than Martin was, end quote. Really? Yeah. And wow. part of the attraction between Coretta, on Coretta's end especially, and Martin was political, as letters between the two of them reveal. While they were courting, Coretta sent Martin a copy of Edward Bellamy's socialist utopian novel, Looking Backward, with the note, quote, I shall be interested to know your reactions to Bellamy's predictions about our future, end quote. So, yeah. That's the most 
beautiful. I know. These young people are like, she's like, I need to know where your mind is. I, lo- I love yeah. that. I think everyone should do that. Every woman should do that. Yeah. Find out where his mind is. And That's if he's right. like, baby, I don't know yeah. how to read, then walk away. <laughs> I don't know how to read. <laughs> Uh, we laugh, but we are dead uh, serious. No, no, seriously. Because <laughs> uh, it's never too late to learn how to read. That's right. Um, now, okay, I hope this sound is not doing that weird thing again. Is it, it doing is, that weird thing again? Um, I apologize. Hold on. Let me put. I hope it's not doing that. I apologize if it is, guys. Um, now, during their courtship, she reportedly also told her sister, Edith, that she had legitimate feelings for him and was becoming uh, impressed with his overall demeanor. Okay. Now, despite envisioning a career for herself in the music industry, Coretta knew that that would not be possible if she were to marry Martin. Independent and, quote, ferociously informal, end quote, according to close friend James Baldwin. Oh, yeah. Coretta worried about how circumscribed her life might become if she married a pastor. Yeah. Because remember, he was in theology school. So, um, However, since King, since Martin possessed many of the qualities she liked in a man, she found herself, quote, becoming more involved with every passing moment, end quote. When asked by her sister what made Martin so appealing to her, Coretta reportedly responded, quote, I suppose it's because Martin reminds me so much of our father, end quote. At that moment, Scott's, uh, Coretta's sister knew King was the one then. Yeah. Because she's crazy about her dad. Her dad was a good man. Yeah. She told James Baldwin that her emerging relationship came to feel somehow, that their emerging relationship came to feel somehow preordained, end quote. Oh. But as she made clear, quote, the media never understood Martin, so they will never understand Coretta. I didn't learn my commitment from Martin. We just converged at a certain time, end quote. So she thought they were well matched. I mean, it's funny because you look at history and you're like, of course, Martin Luther King, Coretta Scott King. Like, right. it's just like. But two young people meeting. That's not. College age people or early 20s meeting. You're like, oh, you know, like. Oh, that's kind of how I felt when I met Sal to be. I'm not her and he is not <laughs> him. That's not at all what I'm. Please don't write and say <laughs> how dare you. I'm obviously not. Um, I just remember being like meeting him and he felt we both felt what we kind of both went oh yeah yeah but the problem is is that one of you usually feels that and the other one doesn't <laughs> that's usually the problem this was weird because we both did yeah i was listening to another podcast uh about like relationship advice oh yeah yeah and they were talking like well i'm only 23 and i thought i met him at 23 yeah, and yeah, i was yeah. like yeah but it's usually only one of the per- people feels that way. Yeah. So. And sometimes the other one like gets there eventually. Yeah. But, yeah. And then sometimes they don't. Um, right. Sometimes they feel it, but they're too immature to really realize, to uh, recognize it for the value that it has. Usually in your early 20s yeah. is when you do that. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> now, Martin's parents, on the other hand, were a whole nother oh, no. can of worms. What? So he they visited him shortly. Um, they visited him in the fall and had suspicions about Coretta. Um, after seeing how clean his apartment was. (laughs) Well, you know, you guys. Now, while the Kings had dinner, uh, had tea and meals with their son and Coretta, Martin Sr. turned his attention to her and insinuated that her plans of a career in music were not fitting for a Baptist minister's wife. What what career plans were fitting for a Baptist minister's wife? Now, I did a, you know. better to run the choir at the church? I mean, you know what I mean? Basically, he's like, woman, if you think you're going to work, 
you are under illusions. Like you're going to stay at home, be a pastor's wife. And that's what's, and it takes a lot of energy because it's a lot of work to be done. Um, but by all accounts, Martin senior, um, was not a man to be messed with. Uh, he reportedly like gave them severe beatings, which is very common. I think old school black or white back then people just beat the hell out of the kids. They did. Like, Like, Like that's not even like a black thing. It's, it's, it's just like a, I don't know that it's in any. It's that's what people did. Race thing, but his yeah. father because it Martin, was more like, did you get a switch or did you get a hand? Like you were lucky for the hand to that, yeah, right. You know, yeah. like, uh, I still get nightmares because my uh, uncle, one of my uncles, may he rest in peace. He they in the south they do this thing where they send you out to get your own switch. Oh shit! It's to test you. So if you bring back a small one. Uh, they go out and get a, a ginormous one. Uh, so kids learn quickly. They're like mm, medium size. Medium. Yeah. Uh, and I remember him telling me he was very religious. He was like, I'm only doing this because you love, because I love you. And I remember saying to him, but if you love me, why would you hit me? You know, Lavetta, now social yeah. scientists are saying that you had a point. I had a point and I still love him. He, he thought he was doing the right thing. So I mean, he rest what, in peace. Look, I, he was a great uncle. So yeah, that was wonderful. They didn't. They thought this is how so that she doesn't grow up to be an asshole. Yeah, like, yeah. And and they want to teach you uh, consequences. I mean, honestly, I have moments with Mike. I do not hit my children, but even like they're little transgressions. But I'm like, you lose a star, or I'm taking a kids toy push away your buttons because man. I need you to know that that's not okay. And you need to learn consequences. Listen, yeah. this is why I don't have any children because I swear, mm-hmm. yeah, I would choke. Yeah, you want my kids out. Definitely. I, I yeah. just choke them out. So just don't have them. That's and then fine. I'd be sorry. I'd be like, mommy. But I, I love But I'd be you, like, oh, just go to sleep, kid. Because mm. uh, <laughs> they'd be mm-hmm. pushing your buttons, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I so, love my children. I know. But sometimes you want to choke them and out. They know every button. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they have a lot. They have that kid energy. They just Un- do. Unlimitless. I'm like, no, yeah. because I can't do that. I say things like, just leave this room now. <laughs> but my, no. Nope. Don't butt mommy me. Sentences don't start with butt mommy. <laughs> they don't. Leave the room. Trust me. Butt mommy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a new that's a new rule in my house. Now, Martin Senior. lessons. Go on. <laughs> Martin Senior, just he was not a man to be trifled with. He was a pastor also. And in Atlanta, where Martin was from originally, he was no he was like the famous one. Like, oh really? Yeah, he was like 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 yeah, the man. Uh, and his wife was a dutiful wife and she was not to be messed with. So um, I will say there are levels of beating children. I'm yeah. wondering if maybe his level was. I think it was it, it, it was by today's standards. I think it'd be called extreme. He was their oldest son. OK. Martin had an older sister, but he was the oldest son. And, there was and he was his namesake. Expected, yeah. yeah. So they expected a lot of him. So they expected a lot of his potential wife. Now. So they met up with them and they were like, hmm. I don't know. So uh, Martin Senior's like, listen here, Coretta girl, uh, you have to give up this singing stuff if you want to be a seriously be a, a, a minister's wife. So um, now he also asked her. Martin Senior also asked Coretta, "Do you take my son seriously?" Quote unquote. Like, are you just okay. wasting his time? Like, you know, because I think he's been saying, "Mom and Dad, I met her. She's girl." And they're like, mm, "We'll be the judge of that." The judges give of me that. twenty minutes. Yeah. So, um, so King's father also told her that there were other many other women his son was interested in who had a lot to offer. Quote unquote. After telling him that she had a lot to offer as well, 
Martin Sr. and his wife went on to try and meet with members of her family. So they're like, okay, we kind of like this. All so right, the we'll interview see. process has begun. Yeah. And she, like, keep in mind, she's this, she's this beautiful, pretty, prim and proper, light-skinned black woman who's been educated. She comes from a good family, seemingly, but let's do so on the surface. She passes the test, right? I will say that I can imagine her parents being like, you're worried about your son? I know. They were like, um, uh, get in this cage, daughter, because, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. They were like, uh, is he good enough for our Exactly. Parenta? So, as you should be. Right. Um, so, they went on to meet with members of her other family. First, starting with her sister, her older sister, Edith. I, I say cage, by the way, because I joke about locking my children up. So that I can keep them forever. Oh, no, you should lock um, your children up. Yeah, I, I'm right? all for that. Yeah. Exactly. You, you lock your own children oh, up, not yeah, the yeah, government yeah. or no, the state. No, not the government. So I maybe I needed to clarify. <laughs> also, I'm totally kidding. Yeah, we're totally kidding. Yeah, yeah do not lock your children no, up. No, don't do that. Um, now, once Just they like cry when they go off to college, everything's fine. Yeah, don't lock your kids up. Don't do that. Um, now, so they talked to Edith, her older sister. And they sat down with Edith for lunch. And during this time, Martin Sr. tried to ask Edith about the relationship between, you know, they all in these people's business. But this, this is kind of like, how it went. This is like. This is how it went back then. serious. Yeah. This is how it went back then. Because I think they could tell that Martin was serious about her. Um, now, Edith insisted that her sister was an excellent choice for Martin Jr. But also felt that Coretta did not need to bargain for a husband. Okay. Yes. That's okay. what I'm saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Edith is my kind of Look, girl. Look, if this is so complicated, she will just get another man. Yeah, because she me. has a line out the door. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, on Valentine's Day, so they went on and they continued to date and they, their parents met each other. On Valentine's Day in 1953, the couple actually announced their plans to marry in the Atlanta Daily World because oh. essentially Martin Luther King and Coretta were like black elites. Okay. Even if they didn't have a lot of money, but, you know, being a pastor in the black community, even still is like a high honor. And they were considered, um, I believe Coretta's family were considered probably middle class. Martin's family were considered upper class gotcha. in Atlanta. Uh, so, but with the, so, you know, they have to have an announcement in the Atlanta daily world. Uh, so, but with the wedding date set in June, only four months away at the time, Coretta's did not, still did not have a formal commitment to marry Martin and consulted with her sister in a letter she sent before Easter vacation. Martin's father also expressed resentment in his choice of Coretta over someone from Alabama and accused his son of spending too much time with her and neglecting his studies. When Martin declared his intentions to get a doctorate and marry Coretta, that's when Martin Sr. was like, all right, then. Okay. All right. I mean, I, look, your kid's going to get a little distracted when he first yeah. falls in love. Yeah. That's going to happen. I think in their mind, he is their golden boy. Yeah. And they don't want her to mess it up. They want to know if she's going to be a dutiful wife because she seems to be have these notions of ambitions of our own. I mean, why do women need ambition? <laughs> So, I'm very confused. So she looked the part, but I think they weren't sure if she were actually the right fit for him. Uh, now, correct. So on June 8th, 18th, June 18th, 1953, Coretta yeah. and Martin Jr. were married on the lawn of her mother's house. Aww. The ceremony was performed by Martin um, Sr. Obviously. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Coretta had the vow to obey her husband removed from the ceremony. Yes, she did. Which was unusual at the time. Smart. And that's why we love her. Mm-hmm. After completing her degree in voice and piano at the New England Conservatory, she moved with her husband to Montgomery, Alabama 
in September of 1954 and assumed the many responsibilities of a pastor's wife at Dexter Avenue Baptist Church, including becoming a member of the choir, teaching Sunday school, as well as participating in the Baptist Training Union and Missionary Society. What an interesting, I just think it's so interesting because you and I grew up essentially knowing what we study, what we want to do, yeah. we are going to pursue in the way we want to pursue right, it. Right. And I can't imagine that even getting a boyfriend or even, you know, g- getting serious with someone would drastically change your plans yeah. in life. Yeah. They did for her and she seemed yep. okay with it. Like, Well, all women, I think it was expect, expected of you. And she's in a, a really interesting position because most black women were of the working class. So you got married because remember, it's also respectable to get married both for men and women during this time. Yeah. But you got married also so you find a way to take care of yourself and start a family. Like that was the role of all women, you know, but working class women had to work to contribute to the household, right. Coretta doesn't have to work to bring in an income. That's true. So, so teaching Sunday school. Yeah, is... But like a working class woman, all of her endeavors, all of her efforts are geared towards the family unit and essentially her husband. Right. So uh, all women, you know, no matter what um, their status was in life. So it's, but I would imagine that Coretta, like Ethel, what's her Rosenberg, Rosenberg, yeah, Rosenberg, like she she did help, she did assist, but yeah, and you know, and I would say that a lot of black women probably would envy Coretta's situation. A lot of black women during that time because she didn't have to work and she right. could just concentrate on being somebody's wife. Because the truth is, you still have to do all the other stuff. Yeah, because being a wife and a, like we were saying with Ethel, like. There was no frozen food section at Trader Joe's. There ain't no dishwasher. No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You want to do laundry? You want to see what it is to do laundry? It's not fun. There's no uh, washing machine. I did a load of laundry last night. I was like, oh, I have no clean pants. But so you're able to solve that problem. It went in there for like 40 minutes and then I'm putting it in the dryer. Super quick. Not (laughs) exhausting. Didn't have to bang out anything. I didn't have to hang them on a clothesline. You know, nothing like that. Super simple. So so that's what she did. So she, um, so they were married and um, she took on the responsibilities of a pastor's wife. And uh, now, where'd I go? Okay, of this time, she wants... Uh, recalled, quote, after we married, we moved to Montgomery, Alabama, where my husband had accepted an invitation to be the pastor of Dexter Avenue Baptist Church. Before long, we found ourselves in the middle of the Montgomery bus boycott, and Martin was elected leader of the protest movement. As the boycott continued, I had a growing sense that I was involved in something so much greater than myself, something of profound historic importance. I came to the realization that we had been thrust into the forefront of a movement to liberate oppressed people, not only in Montgomery, but also throughout our country. And this movement had worldwide implications. I felt blessed to have been called to a part of such a, to, to have been called to be a part of such a noble and historic cause, end quote. That's so She has the foresight beautiful. because she was more active in yeah. this stuff uh, than he was at first. But I think during their courtship, she saw that they thought alike in a lot of ways. Yeah. 
And her idea is that they, you know, together could make a change. I, I, it sounds to me like she actually pushed him to, into thinking yeah. a little deeper about it as well. Because he had come up in the, you know, his father had come up in the church. So I think perhaps had this not happened, he was going to just go on and get his doctorate, which was very unusual for a black person back then. But get his doctorate, become a, you know, find his own uh, congregation um, and continue along his father's path. Right. You know, but but, I, I think because she, because she was much more political. Yeah. Thought about these things and they wrote these letters. Yeah. I think maybe she did guide him. Yeah. At, at any Whether age. he knew it or not. Right. And I also think that he he always had a gift for speaking. Um, I mean, and so, and he's yeah. this young, handsome, and they're this young, handsome couple, black yeah, couple. They're beautiful. They're together. beautiful. Yeah. Like, let's put them as the figureheads mm-hmm. for this thing because people had already been doing the grassroots work always, you know, but everybody yeah, needs a charismatic leader. Yeah. War. So, mm-hmm. uh, especially because, especially after world war two, a lot of the returning soldiers who were fighting yes, for freedom came back from people and they were like, so I have to still sit on the back of the bus and da 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 da. So the, a lot of this and a lot of other things, you know, went into this, but it became so, more obvious yeah. how unfair it was yeah. and how kind of ridiculous yeah. it was. Yeah. So they are this young, handsome couple and now they're in Montgomery and, you know, and so Martin is thrust because of his, his, um, you know, his charisma and, you know, and they're a perfect looking couple. And I think Coretta Scott King definitely knew the power of image. This is a time of, uh, respectability politics for black people because for so long black people have been characterized as you know being um, poor and low lives and not being um, worthy of respect right so respectability politics putting forth that you know it's also part of the 1950s right so uh, the 1950s uh, the baby boomers uh, their parents that was part of that whole sort of like settling into Americana and you know the right, that's the, what you did you yeah. dressed nicely you were you yeah. were kept you were uh, you know your hygiene and your you were just respectable you looked gorgeous and mm-hmm. this became very important around this time right and I think she realized also because uh, I often say and my friends uh, laugh at me but it's true I have a soft spot for really militant light-skinned black people because it's like they're like power to the people yeah uh, <laughs> and you're like yes please because I think they also <laughs> learn that you know there's a certain amount of privilege that comes with being uh lighter skin light skin privilege is definitely a thing but I think you know people like her and I think she probably is more in line with Malcolm X than Martin Luther King like interesting yeah she's just like fuck this but she's also like when she was a kid, she was a tomboy right. and they're like, be more ladylike, right? There's something about being elegant that also has power. Oh, right? definitely. Yeah. And as a black woman, she understood that, you know, she represented all black women in a sense, Yeah. you know, especially yeah. back then. And that was, that was true back then. Not so much anymore. Thank God. So, uh, but she, I think she was very much uh, aware of this, you know, and their power and they look good together. They were a very handsome mm-hmm. couple. So the couple I mean, settled. It was, it was important to America that yes. America see them for what they were. And be the face of it, yeah. you know. So like, so the couple settled into married life and their new home. And the following year on November 17th, 1955, the Kings welcomed their first child, yeah. Yolanda, who was named at Coretta's insistence. The following mm-hmm. month, a social protest campaign against the policy of racial segregation on the public transit system of Montgomery, Alabama, also known as the Montgomery Bus Boycott, began. Yes. During this time, their church became a center for the bus boycott and eventually the civil rights movement in Alabama and throughout the country. 
Due to her family's participation in the boycott campaign, Martin often received death threats. Now imagine this being a young, I can't. like bride, young mother, the, and the getting death threats. The baby's a month old. Yeah. Like that's terrifying. Because you're trying to get them to integrate buses. Something simple. Like you really can't yeah. sit next to a black person on a bus? Yeah. Like really? They also, the couple's house was a continuous target for white supremacist groups, a.k.a. white nationalists. <clears throat> uh, for instance, on January 30th, 1956, Coretta and, and Dexter and, and their congregation member, Roscoe Williams's wife, Mary Lucy, heard, quote, the sound of a brick striking the concrete floor of the front porch, end quote. Coretta suggested that the two women get out of the front room and went into the guest room. As the house was disturbed, um, and then soon the house was disturbed by an explosion, which caused the house to rock and fill the front room with smoke and shattered glass. Oh my God. The two went to the rear of the home where Yolanda was sleeping. So their baby's in the house. Ugh. And Coretta called the first uh, Baptist church and reported the bombing to the woman who answered the phone. Later, a white man was reported by a lone witness to have walked halfway up to the king's door and thrown something against the door before running back to his car and speeding off. Pussy. Ernest, <laughs> Ernest Walters, the lone witness, did not manage to get the license plates number, however. Um, now, Martin returned home. Obviously, he's like freaked out. His yeah. wife mm -hmm. and new baby. Terrifying. Yeah, and upon finding Coretta and his daughter unharmed, went outside. He was confronted by an angry crowd of his supporters who had brought guns. They were like, listen, we're going to get these motherfuckers. We're going to find them. And he was able to turn them away with an impromptu speech of nonviolence. Uh, <laughs> of that night, of that night, author Octavia B. Vivian wrote, quote, that night Coretta lost her fear of dying. Wow. She committed herself more deeply to the freedom struggle as Martin had done four days previously when jailed for the first time in his life, end quote. Coretta would later call it the first time she realized, quote, how much I meant to Martin in terms of supporting him and what he was doing, end quote. The bus boycott lasted from December 5th, 1955 to December 20th, 1956. That is insane. Yeah. It is insane now i know i live in this time in this place but we also have problems now too oh, yeah. but it's just yeah that people can't and my hope is the very least that the the people that the kinds of people that fought so hard to never have to sit next to a black person on yeah. a bus are less than there were percentage wise in this world like that's the hope Right. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, no, but the last, the events of the last week with the whole Native American elder that, guy and the, those, yeah. those smug kids, even though the, the black Israelites who, I don't know who these people, these fuckers are, anyway. they insult everybody. They yeah. insult black women. They love to attack us when we're just walking around New York mm -hmm. city, minding our own business. Yeah, no, they Jews, attack they white women. Yeah, white women. They attack the everybody. And apparently they were, um, yelling something at the kids, the, the, the white kids with the MAGA hats. But again, let's be clear. When you wear a MAGA hat, you're asking. For you're kind of asking to be harassed. I'm, I'm not saying, saying it's right. A MAGA hat is telling people you're a white nationalist. Yes. If that's not what you're trying to share with the yeah. world about yourself, then take the hat off. And the optics of some smug white kid with a MAGA hat on smirking at a Native American elder, a man who's just singing. It's like he has disdain for 
uh, this man's culture, who were the original Americans. By the way, he's more American um, than you'll ever be. Even though we realize now, the are they the black Israelites? I don't even know what that means. Uh, but anybody who's ever had any contact with these guys. I feel like, no. Levada, between you and I, we should be able to figure out who the black Israelites are. I don't know who are. they are. I, mean, I just God. remember living in New York City and walking through and being yelled at by these guys oh, who were dressed in like Kung Fu outfits. I don't know. These guys are... <laughs> Very yeah, strange. It was kind of kung fu. Uh, yeah, they look kind of like kung fu guy, yeah. and I'm like, what? I don't, I, I, I don't know what you guys are. So anyway, uh, but you know, even though the tape, one of the the, the videos that came out, it looked it was deceptive, and that quite wasn't what's going on. But the kid was did have a smug fucking expression on his face in the face of a Native American elder, who you should respect, young man. Um, and also yeah. you have an Omega hat. So, so again, I'll repeat, if you don't want someone to think you're a white nationalist, if don't you're like, wait, hat. I'm yeah. not a white nationalist, take your red hat off. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we digress. I so, so many PSAs. So I know time. so many girls. So the, the bus boycott, and I think people don't really realize, like it started off because, um, you know, it, it was kicked off with, um, um, with Rosa Parks being kicked off, but that was a concerted, uh, strategic was a, was a plan. moment because yeah. many uh, people, many black women had been pulled off, arrested yeah, for not before. moving, da, da, da. So it was a plan. So all of this, all of this, um, even before the Kings came to Montgomery, a lot of this, a lot of the people, grassroots people like Rosa and uh, other people, other women and men, um, came up with this strategy. So, but the boycott, I don't think people realize that it wasn't that they black people were like, well, we're not going to ride your bus. They were trying to bankrupt, yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah. The, the bus system. But also then the bus system tried to sue them, tried to sue Martin, Luke, the S the SCLC yeah. by saying that they're trying to bankrupt. But it's like, well, we just want to ride the bus. We pay our fare. We want to be treated equally. We just want to be treated equally. And if you're not going to do that, I will not yeah. buy a bus pass. So they tried to sue them then, but also There's no leg to stand on. I mean, it goes back and forth. Then they put him in jail, all this stuff. So if you want to learn more about this, there's a lot out there. Uh, Watch Eyes on the Prize is a great documentary. Um, But also when black people decided, so they they got carpools together. Mm -hmm. So the the wealthier black people who had cars would uh, give people uh, rides to work. Um, Even white people who were on the side of like, yes, let's let people ride the bus would uh, drive their maids. Oh yeah, and um, uh, uh, groundskeepers home and pick them up back yeah, and forth. I'd be like, get in the car. Um, Who else needs a ride? But Let's the go. purpose was was to have this image again because this is the height of like television of cameras, right. right? To have this image, they put on their Sunday best to go to work to walk. So this is image of this all these well dressed black people walking quietly because they're fil- they know they're getting yeah filled. as the buses the empty buses would drive by. So I think people, yeah, but there's a whole, like, there's been so much been done on all of this. So go and check that out. I got to watch that documentary. Yeah. Eyes on, on the Prize I think is it's like, on Netflix now. It might be, uh, but it's a wonderful documentary. And there's tons of documentaries about this whole thing. But, you know, but to get a bomb, a firebomb thrown at your house, because remember her grandfather had his mill and their house yeah, burned down. This has happened. No, before. her father. It was for not. Father, right? yeah, yeah. Had his business. So this is probably bringing up, you know, um, visions so much, and trauma. So much PTSD. So little time. Yeah. This is a young uh, mother and wife. So so the bus boycott again uh, lasted from December 5th, 1955 to December 20th, 1956, a little bit over a year when the federal ruling Browder versus Gale took effect and led to a, U- a United States Supreme Court decision that declared the Alabama 
that Alabama and Montgomery laws that segregated buses were unconstitutional. Yeah, they are. Thanks. Two, two days after the integration of the Montgomery uh, bus service on December 23rd, a gunshot rang through the front door of the King home while Coretta, her husband, and Yolanda were asleep. And I'm going to leave it there. Oh, shit. That's okay. the first part of Coretta Damn. Scott King. Dun, yeah. dun, dun. <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot, man. It is so. a lot, but it is also good. Yeah, this is definitely yeah. a two-parter. Yeah. So who's your notorious woman That's this amazing. week? Um, okay, so shout out to Becca from Don't Wish, Don't Wish You're, You're Pretty. Pretty. I had so many plans, and then she's like, hey, I thought of you. And I was like, oh, I just got like sucked down a rabbit hole. Uh-oh. Tell me, tell me. Okay, Mary Edwards Walker. Have you ever heard of her? Sounds familiar. Okay. I had not heard of her. Born November 26th, 1832. Okay. In Oswego, New York. Oswego. Oswego. I feel like I passed it on the train. I feel like I've passed it too, actually. Next up, Oswego. Yeah. Doesn't that sound from the next? Yeah, it, no, it does. Because yeah. I went to school in upstate New York, so oh, I could have. I just like went upstate it. every so often oh. <laughs> to get out of the city. Uh, her dad's name was Alva, and her mom's name was Vesta. Oh, what fantastic These names. These old names are like, you know, my yeah. name is an old name, Lavetta. Lavetta. It's beautiful. It's an old name. It's it's a form of, it means purity in Latin. And it's a form of Loretta. Like we love it in the South. But yeah. it's like, it's an old name. Like if you put in my name, like people from like 18, 15 comes it, up. I don't think of it as, as like a grandma name. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like my name, I think is a little more grandma name. Miriam. Miriam. Yeah. But yeah. I think Lavetta is just like a. Yeah, but it sounds like sometimes like when I say son. people say people because my son and I they they're like Rebecca. I'm like, no, it's Lavetta. Like, but really? and I always just tell them I like it's like I Loretta. But when you told v. me your name for the first time, yeah, and I've actually met two other no three other Lavettas. Really? Yeah. So that's cool. You should my, start uh, a my club. My eighth grade teacher was named Lavetta. Oh, that's She spelled cool. it slightly different. And then I was signing a, a credit card receipt once, like in Christmas or something in Florida. And this girl was like, your name's Lavetta. I was like, yeah. She's like, my name's Lavetta. And I looked it up. And her name is Lavetta. Like I, I was buying some of the gap, I think. And she's like, my name is Miriam. And I was like, stop. Don't know. <laughs> it's like, we're yeah. the same person. Yeah. We experience life through the same eyes. I know. So it's just, yeah, but spelled exactly like mine because my teacher oh, at cool. the time, hers was spelled slightly different because she was older. So it had a different spelling, oh, interesting. but like, yeah, oh, but yeah. Hmm. Um, Investa. Do you know any Vestas? I think if there was a singer in the 80s. This is the name of like one of my favorite restaurants in Astoria oh. that I went to a lot. It was a wine bar. I think there's an R&B singer. So good. In the 80s named Vesta, I think. It's not a real name, though. I don't know. I mean, if it's an R&B singer from the 80s, they changed everyone. No, I think that might have been her real name. Really? Vesta. So they were like, I guess you need to be an R&B singer. <laughs> so, okay. You know, it's probably like Vesta Smith, but they're like, no, yeah. just Vesta. Just Vesta. <laughs> Vesta Jones. No, it's not. <laughs> it's Vesta. Vesta Johnson. Um, okay. She was the youngest of seven children. Oof. She had five sisters and one brother. She was raised in a very progressive manner, which was totally revolutionary at the time. 1832. Okay. They nurtured her spirit of independence and her sense of justice. Ooh. They were Christian, but they were considered themselves free thinkers, and they were taught to question everything. So this included question your religion, question the rules around your religion, everything. 
They also demonstrated non-traditional gender roles to their children in regards to farm work. So her mother would do heavy labor and her father would do, you know, general household chores. He would make dinner, clean the house, all that stuff. Which wow. is amazing because you think that did not exist. Like I think of that as You think as those men did not exist. Right? Like yeah. at all. And with how, I mean, seven children. Wow. Um, Mary didn't like to wear traditional women's clothing during her farm labor, like when she was working, because mm-hmm. uh, as her mother agreed, corsets were dumb. Uh, yeah. yeah. I love her mother. Yeah. Yeah. Her mother's badass. And you get dirt all over the bottom of your dress. Exactly. Yeah. So she uh, went to an elementary school and a local school that her parents had started. They wanted their daughters to have the same level of education as their son. So they opened their own school. Okay. These people are angels. I mean, I think? right. Wow. I, think, I mean, it's amazing. You, that's what I'm like. This is amazing. We need to know this shit existed. Amazing. You know? Yeah. Um, after primary school, Mary and her two older sisters attended Fally Seminary in Fulton, New York. Okay. So it was a higher learning facility and it emphasized modern social reform in gender roles, education and hygiene. Oh. Which uh, d- there was a school uh, for that. This is before the Civil War. Yeah, because like, people were funky and nasty what? back then. I mean, I'm just they, I'm just saying. They were they smell. Everyone smelled. Everything smelled. If I went back in time, I would die we from would the We would just odor. all just we'd throw up, make the smell worse and have to come yeah, back. Yeah, and come back. Yeah. 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 Uh this school cemented her ideology that traditional feminine expectations should be defied on the principles of injustice. Hey! Yes! I love her! In her free time, she poured over her father's medical texts on anatomy and physiology. Because, hashtag bored. But, but, but imagine you know. how, like, isolating that might have been. Because imagine she's, like, talking to her girlfriends, like, I don't know, and the women are looking at her like she's, like, an Weird. alien. But here's what I think. I think because she had six sisters. Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> that there was, that part of that was cemented by like good point all those other girls are just dumb but you get it you good know point. like maybe that's why people had so many kids back then to give their yeah uh, have someone to talk have to have somebody to talk to especially on a farm but i bet you she she didn't have a lot of influence because she went to school with her sisters only that's and her a one very brother. good point um very good point you know and so there was not a, another girl who was like i'm just trying to be pretty and catch me a man yeah you know yeah uh, she taught at a school in Minetto, New York, and eventually earned enough money to pay her way through Syracuse Medical School. Wow. Um, which is like a teacher's salary would not pay your way through medical no. school today. But in, that's the thing that things have to come into place for you in order for these things to work out. Yeah. So this particular medical school allowed her to go to it. Wow. Just as easily could have said, no, we don't allow yeah, women. Yeah. I think I think it's important to point that out. If she was black, they could have easily been like, we don't. Well, allow. see, that's you know the what thing. I mean? like, Back then, they would allow a few people in. Like, you know. Just um, to have like. Du Bois went to Harvard. I think it's Harvard. Yeah, yeah. He went to Harvard. You know, they were uh, occasionally let in. um, you know, one or three, like, you know you what I mean? you need to have like, your one black friend, your one female friend, you know, your one, you know, oh, they might have an Asian friend. But also, can I say that? Mm, more the question. problematic though, was that a lot of uh, black people, whether black men or women or white women, didn't have access to the kind of education that will allow them to take the examination Right. The entrance examination so, to get into these for colleges. For example, her upbringing was so outlandish, was so outside right. 
of anything even close to the norm that she was able to do this, that she had a father who had medical texts. Yeah. So I think, I think that's how it, it, they informally stopped a lot of people because it's like, Oh, well, if you can pass the examination, the entrance examination, then you can get in. But if you don't have previous education, right. See, yeah. So she got in sneaky. She graduated with honors as a medical doctor in 1855. What? This will not surprise anybody. She was the only woman in her class. She married a fellow med student, Albert Miller, on November 16th, 1855, just before she turned 23. Wow. She wore at her wedding a short skirt over pants and refused to say the word obey. Okay, this Uh, woman's my hero. mm -hmm. She kept her last name. Kooky, right? I know. (laughs) What is she thinking? Is she mad? Who does she think she is? Herself? (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so proud of that line right now. (laughs) That's a great line. I'm just going to take it in. Okay. (laughs) Pat on my back. Yep. Move it and all. (laughs) Um, They set up a joint practice in Rome, New York, but it didn't flourish because people are sexist assholes. So they didn't trust her. They didn't believe she really was a doctor. Yeah. They're like, you're the nurse, right? You know, isn't it sad if she had just said, I'm a nurse? I'm a nurse. It would have been fine. But I can diagnose and treat you because I know things. Yeah. I'm but even if she had just nurse. said, I'm a nurse, yeah. they would have been like, oh, okay, yeah. We actually get to that. Oh, okay. So she, she, they later divorced because he cheated on her. Aww. And that's the end of we hear of I'm her. I'm sorry. That was heartbreaking. So she briefly went to Bowen Collegiate Institute, which is now Lennox College in Hopkinton. I said that right, <laughs> I think. Is it a British place? Hopkinton. Iowa. <laughs> They're still trying to throw me, and it's in Iowa. Oh, God. Um, Until 1860, but she refused to resign from the school's debating society, which had been an all-male society until she joined it. Uh, They suspended her for this, and so she left. Because she joined an... Oh, God. I mean, right? Oh, my Lord. You know, your dick is too small. I Uh, think that's uh, the problem. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Because what's your problem? Why can't... Maybe. Oh, did a girl beat you in a debate? <laughs> you know, that's really at the core of it. You know, they let her in yeah. thinking, oh, how cute. We'll have like a little pet on our team. And then she beat people yeah. and they were like, no. You know, I have a theory, though. I think little boys grow up and their mommy's bigger than them. Yes. And they want to say, no, mom. And then when they get older, they, sure they do. see. Yes, they, they see. do. No, but mommy is not a sentence. <laughs> they see how... In society, men are bigger than women. So they're like, why can't I tell my mother to do? And so when they get yeah. older, I think it's just like them wanting to always put a, keep a woman in her place because they just secretly want to oh keep God, their mother Levetta, we in have their this place. conversation because daddy's bigger than mommy. Yeah. And they're like, but daddy's bigger than you. And I am 10 months older than my husband. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm actually older than daddy. Yeah. And they're like, you can't be older than daddy. He's bigger than you. I'm like, <laughs> I can. And sometimes because of this, like they'll ask me, but then they'll ask daddy. And mm-hmm. I'm like, if I say something, that's your answer. You yep. do not ask daddy. And I think they, you know, I, I used to do this too. You just ask the other parent. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I get that. I know. Yeah. But there is this conversation about just because daddy is bigger than mommy mm-hmm. doesn't mean he's better than mommy. Right. And then I sing the song from Barnum. <laughs> bigger isn't better. Taller isn't greater. Something isn't always wide. Ooh, ooh. That's right. That's how the song goes. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. It does, Definitely. actually. Oh, does it? Except for the words. But yeah, you are correct. You're natural. <laughs> yeah. You're a natural lover of the musical Barnum. Anyways. Um, it's because I'm a kid at heart. Ah, uh, I know. I am. Me too. Um, 
but yeah so it's it's interesting i think you, you might be on i might be on something yeah there um because they always so, want to tell their mother shut up mom but she yeah. will give them that look oh or yeah. choke them out shut up is not a word in but my they house. can always tell a, a another a girl you know other yeah. women shut up woman you know I right. just think so. Maybe. I don't know. I don't Except know. for my children, which are learning now. Or their sisters, because my brothers always tell me to shut up. And I'd be like, make me. And then they come and like make you beat me up. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like yeah, my in brother a brother, and I sister. Kind of similar. Shut up. Stop it. Yeah. It's so funny because I mean, I grew up with it. And then I see my kids doing it. I'm like, don't you dare. What are you doing? <laughs> Your brothers love each other. It's like, no. <laughs> like, what are you being normal children? Stop I this know. now. And your siblings can still push your buttons, man. God, right? Oh. Why? My brother, oh, my second brother, he got me so upset recently because I go to a lot of therapy and I'm like, I'm not going to do it. Like, he I'm just said it. it and I was like, nah, 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 nah. and then he starts laughing at me. What <laughs> son of Why are you getting so upset? <laughs> There's the same one to try to drown me when I was little and thought it was funny. I'm still mad at him for oh. that. Anyway. Asshole. <laughs> How much therapy do I need? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but I know he loves me. I know if it no, came back to it. No, I know. My brother says shit all the time. Yeah. And I like, I love him so much. And he loves me. But it's just like, really? <sighs> yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. What am I saying? So, okay. Great. So she was infamous for contesting traditional female wardrobe. And she was arrested several times throughout her life for wearing men's clothing. Several. Like, I'm not going to go into every time it's she was It's just practical, dude. It's just practical her argument was that it wasn't men's clothing she was wearing it was her clothing she was wearing yeah. they probably was like lesbian we gotta lock her right? up that's what it was we're freaking out she yeah. didn't need a man oh she- we don't know how to deal with that um yeah. yeah she was once assaulted on her way home from teaching <gasps> by a neighboring farmer and a group of boys who chased and attacked her with eggs like and in 1870s side note she was arrested in new orleans and mocked by men the arresting officer Mulahi, Mulahi, I'm saying his name in case you know him, and he's probably <laughs> dead now, but still, uh, twisted her arm and asked if she'd ever had sex with a man. So, yes, yeah, they were a lesbian afraid she thing. was a lesbian. Also, yeah. what if she was a lesbian? What the fuck is your problem? Well, she doesn't need a man to tell her what to do. Right. So, she's got a, she must be a problem. She must be a problem. Again, people, if you could choose your sexuality, I would have choose lesbian. She would. I would have. Didn't. I'd be chilling with my baby, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, I like men. Sorry, unfortunately, I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, I like my man, so it worked out that I'm straight. But like, I hear you. So I many do. of them suck, though. I know. There's a lot of good ones out there, but there Lord, are. but a but lot of man, them there's, suck. There's too many bad ones. Ugh, they make I it agree. bad for the good ones. They do. They do, and it sucks because yeah. they have to like carry the weight of all the bad men. They do. I mean, like you know, it's hard. I so know if you could all just stop sucking so much, you yeah. could like help a brother out who's yeah. not a dick. <laughs> All yeah, right. yeah. Help your bra, bra. <laughs> did that? Did I? Did I relate? I know. I'm trying I, to relate. I know. I don't think it worked. <laughs> um, so uh, she held like all this shit happened to her, and she did not care. She believed women's long skirts they brought up dirt and dust. It was unhygienic. Yeah. Corsets did not conduce to a smart and healthy way of life. No. Comfort and logic should decide clothing for women. Yes. Um. She kept. A private practice for many years as a doctor. At oh, wow. the outbreak of the Civil War, she volunteered as a surgeon. First for the army, but she was rejected because she was a woman, but she was offered the role of a nurse. Of course. So she declined, but she chose 
Okay, this is what Wikipedia said. So, if any, <laughs> And then it said she chose to volunteer as a surgeon for the Union Army. Now, she was always with the Union Army. So I don't know if she, I don't know, wanted a job as a surgeon and then had to volunteer as a... Oh. I'm not... She was, uh, yeah, she's in New York, so she I, probably was always Union. Oh, I see. Yeah. Maybe, perhaps. They wouldn't pay her, but they'll let her do it for free. Maybe. Or it was just written wrong. But... Ultimately, they maybe she couldn't serve as a surgeon. Still, yeah, they still only let her practice as a nurse. So, so okay. I don't understand that sentence, but I am sharing with you. If if you would like to go on Wikipedia and look it up and yeah. see if you could understand, I, you know what I think it is. I think they wouldn't allow her to serve as a surgeon, uh, but she could serve as a nurse, right. perhaps. But then it says she turned it down because she didn't want to be a nurse. Yeah, but, but then she ended then up doing she it. She ended up doing that. Yeah, she probably said no at first, and then um, was like, "Well." And there were no female surgeons, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, there were. See, this I is mean, why there were the victor. History is written by yep. the victors, right? Yep. Because there were. Obviously, she That's is an actual surgeon. We're talking about it. But yeah, she served at the first Battle of Bull Run. Oh wow! And at the Patent Office and Hospital in D.C. Oh. She worked as an unpaid field surgeon near Union front lines, including. Battle of Fredericksburg and in Chattanooga after the Battle of Chickamauga. I just like that word. <laughs> Chickamauga. Um, so I'm get I'm getting from what I'm reading that at first she was only allowed to be a nurse and then they needed her and she had yeah because yeah I mean the Civil War um, towards the end all bets were off yeah like you yeah. just needed help yeah. with that amputation yeah right yeah uh, in September of 1862 she wrote to the War Department requesting employment as a spy but she was rejected. In huh. September 1863, she was employed as a, quote, contract acting assistant surgeon civilian by the Army of the Cumberland. Um, They're just not going give to give her that title yep. that she earned. Acting assistant, not even assistant. Yeah. Be- she became, but this made her the first female surgeon employed by the U.S. Uh, Army surgeon. Wow. Later, she was appointed assistant surgeon of the 52nd Ohio Infantry. Yeah. Moving up in the world. And she frequently crossed battle lines to treat civilians. Oh, so, so civilians like, yeah. would help. <clears throat> What's the, uh, um, the Hippo- is it Hippocratic Oath? The Hippocratic Oath. Uh, do no harm, right? Do no harm. So and help people. Do no harm and help people. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's, that's it. We're that's doc- it. We're doctors. We're done. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, we're historians. We're also doctors. I've actually played several doctors on television. Okay. So I think that makes me a so doctor. So hashtag we're not doctors. <laughs> just to be clear. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, in April 10th, 1864, she was captured by Confederate troops and arrested as a spy. Oh, shit. Even though she wasn't a spy. Uh, just after she finished helping a Confederate doctor perform an amputation. Yeah, they thought she was a spy because she could. She had brains. Yeah, there's no way. She must be a spy. She must be a spy. Yeah. Also not human because. This, this abomination of a woman <laughs> being a doctor must be from the North, from the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees <laughs> must have created this. <laughs> I mean, we laugh, but I think that's exactly but, but, how it went. But probably, yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Uh, she was held as a captive until August 12th, 1864. So from Damn. April to August. And she was released as part of a prison exchange uh, in August. Really? After- she was a POW in the Civil War? Yeah, she was Damn. a POW in the Civil War. After this, she went on to serve as a supervisor of a female prison in Louisville, Kentucky, and as head of an orphanage in Tennessee. She was awarded a disability pension for partial muscular atrophy from being imprisoned. You gotta wonder what those prisons were like. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, I assume terrible, but I, I think I, I didn't assume as terrible as they truly were. So a partial pension from the, the Civil War? Yeah. Because she was yeah. a POW. Because she was a POW. Not because she was a surgeon. Oh, girl. Fuckers. Um, I'm just saying. I'm just yeah, saying. I'm no. just asking the question. I hear you. And I. I know. I have a sad answer. I know. Uh, so what did she get for this pension? At first, she got $8.50 a month. 24 years later, they upped it to $20 a month. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. at least she got it. I mean, it's more money than now, but it's. Yeah, no, but. It's not that much. At least she got it because they yeah, try no, and deny true. it for from her. So she became a writer, a lecturer, supported issues like healthcare, temperance, women's rights, and dress reform. She wrote two books on women's rights and dress reform. She was a member of the Central Women's Suffrage Bureau in Washington and solicited funds to endow a chair for a woman professor at Howard University Medical School. She attempted to register to vote in 1871, but was turned away. I just said so many things she did. Now, she's, you said uh, Harvard or Howard? Howard. Oh, Howard. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Historically black, black college. College, Okay. Yeah. Um, doesn't go into any depth other than... She's just like... I mean, it sounds to me like she's just like, all people should do all things. It sounds like this woman is just my kind of woman. She's just mm-hmm. practical. She's yeah. like, I just want to help people. I mean, we all like, know that like, if you rise like the lowest, like yeah. the whole tide rises. She's a practical right? woman. It's just practical. Yeah. Um, She's like, I'm, I got a medical degree. I want to help people, even right. the enemy. Because like, pr- I'm here yeah. and this person needs help. And I wear pants because... It's more because hygienic. You really want me in a corset right now? Yeah, with okay. blood all over my hand. Yeah, yeah. like I'm you, just, you I mean, don't. She's a practical woman. Yeah. My kind of lady. Exactly. Uh, so her initial stance uh, for women's rights, which became the stance initially of the movement, was that women already had the right to vote. And Congress needed only to enact enabling legislation. I did not know this. Oh, I didn't either. After many fruitless years of that endeavor, the movement promoted the adoption of a constitutional amendment. Right. But she did not like that. And she fought against them. And that created a schism between her and the rest of the movement. So uh, she fell out of favor with them. But she continued to go to suffragette conventions. And she would distribute her own literature. But she was basically ignored People, women didn't like that she was uh, dressing the way she was dressing. Yep. See. Um. Yep. Yep. We, Even though they were like, oh, I, I am so tired from carrying this corset and this twenty um, pounds of clothing around all right. day. And she was like, Hey, here's a pamphlet on how that's done that you need to do. And she's that. doing a jig. She's like, See how light look, and airy look I am. How comfortable <laughs> I am. Um. They were and just mad because yeah, they, they were, were mad because jealous. she was not I mean, tired from carrying around all those clothes. <laughs> I mean, I think that might have been a part I of mean, it. I mean, right? They were just like, I'm too tired for this shit. Because every woman, I bet you, every woman back then have had that thought like, you know how when they put on like the undergarments, like, what if I just walked out like this? Right. Well, I think it's like how women judge like people who don't shave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or people are like, Or don't oh, wear like six oh, inch heels. She, right, <laughs> yeah. like. Oh, she doesn't like keep herself together. Yeah. Whereas like, I think that's kind of how. Yeah. No, I, I know. Yeah. It's taken. Yeah. But like. Yeah. Today, we're just like. um, Yeah. And I'm uh, even today. I'm like, you know, six inch heels is really bad for your posture. Yes. But thank God, also, though, that we have options now. Because, I know. Right. Like, you and know, it's more. It's more like you might judge, but it's like also fine. She's in tennis shoes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I. Yeah. But I wouldn't hang out with women who are like, I only wear six inch heels i'm like yeah you and i can't be friends <laughs> like that is not happening yeah i am in the same boat i'm like we mm. cannot be friends i have mm. a nice kitten heel i'll have a platform 
If we're going to go that high, I, I would do a platform. I have some platforms. Yes. Just for that. that purpose. Yes. But every day? Hell no. Oh, no. I have some tennis <laughs> shoes just for that purpose. Yeah, and I'm over the age of 19, so. Yeah, no, I'm done here. Because when you're like 19, you're like, yeah, I can wear these all day. Actually, I never said that. But then when you get like 28, <laughs> you're like, why? <laughs> but why? I wore heels all night for like seven hours the day I got married. And that was it. Because I was just so distracted. <laughs> and it was amazing and I was fine. Right. And that is the that is the last time that'll ever happen. Fun fact, if I ever get married uh-huh. in a wedding dress, I'm yeah. wearing a kitten heel. <laughs> and you're going to look hot. But I'm five feet tall. I know. So my best friends were like, girl, can you just put the heel on? <laughs> I know. And I was like, no, I don't. Oh, God, I look amazing. And I like, am taller. Hey. And I forget that because I'm a taller woman. Yeah, so I always fine. forget. I'm like, a kitten heel's fine. People are like, I'm 5'2". Fuck you, Lametta. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bought kitten heels for the occasion. Yeah. I tried them on. I was like, look, I'm cute. And they're yeah. like, want to be beautiful? <laughs> on your wedding like, day. Fine. <laughs> A conform to society standards. I know. Yeah. But at least we have options now. Right, exactly. Yeah, and then. it could have been like, fuck you, but yeah. I wasn't. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, okay. So she testified on women's suffrage before committees of the U.S. House of Representatives in 1912 and 1914. Wow. Okay. So it's long and complicated. Go ahead and Wikipedia this. I'm not going to go into this. I didn't want to make this a two-parter. Okay. She received a Medal of Honor for her work in the war, and she was the first woman to receive a Medal of Honor. Oh, shit. That's amazing. She got it in a complicated roundabout way. Of course. And in 1917, they struck her name off the list of recipients, even though they didn't take the medal away, because they were doing this thing. Too many people had received a Medal of Honor, and they had created this. So take it from the one woman who got one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this like scholarship or this fund yeah, for yeah, yeah. people who received it and there were too many. 900-ish, like I think 911 names were struck off the list, including hers. There were other people who were, cert- because they said she was a civilian. There were two other civilians that had received a Medal of Honor that did not get their name struck. So she called bullshit and I call bullshit. She served in the Civil War. Yeah. Okay. Posthumously, controversially, they give it back to her in 1977. Given credit to Jimmy Carter, but Jimmy Carter did not do it. In fact, he fought against it. Mm. So he, he there's has, a lot going on there. Right. Um, I didn't want to go into it. Yeah. I don't care. She earned it. She got it. She was the first woman to get it. And it's back. Yeah. It's whatever it's it back. is. It's back. Yeah. And Dick Buckets tried to take it away. Okay. So <laughs> Dick Buckets. Fuck those Dick Buckets <laughs> is all I have to say. Fuck those Dick Buckets. Mm-hmm. You can quote me. Uh, she was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame in 2000. Well, yeah. She, she, right? she died at her home after a long disease. It didn't say what. On February 21st, 1919 at the age of 86. One wow. year before women got the right to vote. Wow. Yeah. And say her name again. I want to say the whole name, Mary Edwards Walker. Wow. That is amazing. amazing? I've never heard of her. Thank you. uh, She did so much. She led five lifetimes. Uh, Yeah. And you know why? No, I'm just saying. (laughs) Did she get married again? No. That's that's why she had a lot of time on her hands. She had time. She didn't have to cook for anybody. Because kids take up a lot of time. They do fucking take up a lot of time. That's what people don't realize. Like being a mother, like I always joke, but I really have a lot of respect for women 
especially if they keep having kids because I think women a lot of women don't know how hard it is at first but then, you, <laughs> then they keep having them no, like why I are you doing this I know my friends who like keep having like and you know what is gonna happen but they and, keep but, it's really a sacrifice yeah it is it like is. kids take your life force they definitely do <laughs> Levetta, and then say no I know you're looking at me now so it's hard to believe but Lavetta, I didn't have wrinkles six years ago <laughs> all these grays you see I had like one, maybe. She does not have a lot of gray. I see. I don't see any gray hair. Girl, it's like I don't. She's hiding it under her. No, no, it's there. You can see it. No, I'm only half kidding when I say, kids suck out your life force. Lavetta, I was so beautiful. Like I was when I in my research (laughs) with uh like uh Coretta, they kept saying all this stuff was going on is a lot about Martin, obviously because she was married to a very famous man. But I'm like. She had four children. Can you get back to the fact that not only was she by his side the whole time, but she was birthing his baby? She had a baby. Right. Like a baby, baby. And then another baby. baby. Like, like Serena like, Williams is like having a hard time coming back. I'm like, she gave birth to a whole human. Give give that her a fed, minute. That fed off of her life force. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> took her life force from literally her boobs. I mean, yeah. give her a minute. I remember signing yeah. up for the Brooklyn Half Marathon. My friend convinced me to do it. So I gave birth in October uh-huh. and Brooklyn half is like end of April. Oh, hell and no. I was like, by then I'll be back in fighting shape. And something no. like March 3rd, I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> like you don't get your money back. That's okay. Wow. <laughs> but even without having children, that's amazing. She was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing You're that. You're super welcome. Oh God, guys, that um, wraps it up for another episode of notorious women podcast. Yeah. Yes. Remember to follow us on all the things. Also, go to iTunes and leave a, a review because it really helps people find us. We really need to get our review numbers up. Uh, I think we only have about 15 maybe. Oh, so we need like, like get, 15 yeah. more. We need to like, yeah, that'd be great. Like that'd that's be a great. start. We need like 15,000 more. Tell your more, friends too. Tell your friends. Uh, share us. Uh, Don't you let know. this be a secret podcast right. you listen to. Just send the link. Like copy and paste and send it to them. We're also available um, in Stitcher. Um, Spotify. We're now available on Spotify mm-hmm. and on Google Play. So, you know, just go and, and leave reviews everywhere and share us with your friends and families. Five and stars, please. Five stars. Thanks. And you can find us, uh, go and follow us and like and us on uh, Twitter and Facebook at NotoriousWMPod. Also, you can email us at NotoriousWMPod at gmail.com. And as always, you can find us on Instagram because I know that's popular with the young the young folks. You kids today. On, at Notorious Women Podcast on Instagram. And we will see you guys next week. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. <laughs>